Hey, it's Steve Zotke, and welcome back to another episode of the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast. A little bit different here. We're going to be a more of a, we're going to cast a wider net. And uh, Jeff Arlowski, of course, is with me. Hello, Jeff. Hey, hey, what's happening, Steve? So uh, here we are uh, in the kind of wandering in the desert when it comes to football, isn't it? Uh, Post-Super Bowl. But uh, the good news, at least for us, Working here at 105.7 FM, the fan and, and elsewhere, it, it should be an interesting off season, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be. Um, you know, football really likes to be a year-round sport, and so we're not far off from the combine and the draft talk and all that. So it seems like we're wandering through the desert now, but it's not for long. The one thing I do not like is how where the draft is now. I liked it a, a couple of weeks earlier because as you get. That close to May, stuff starts heating up. And I'm kind of surprised the NFL did that because, I mean, even for us, late April, you know, it's starting to get pretty nice, and there's a pretty good chance. Of course, it could be 30 degrees, but there's also almost a 50-50 chance it's going to be in the 60s. And uh, if you're a homeowner like me or something, you're going to be working in the yard doing stuff, maybe cutting the lawn for the first time doing something with the wife, something, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff starting to heat up. So I'm kind of surprised they moved it to the end of April because me, if uh, Commissioner Steve Zotke of the NFL, uh, I would move it closer. I like the, you know, the end of the end of March. I understand the March Madness component and all that. Definitely after that. But the, and the other thing too, especially for us in, in the Milwaukee area, with the Bucks doing so well, that's going to be playoff time too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious, you know, yeah, and you know, they're the 800-pound gorilla and all that, but I wish it'd be, you know, I kind of wish it would be a little bit closer to March than uh, than it is closer to May as it is now. I'll be the contrarian. I like where it is now. I think it gives cold-weather cities more of a shot to host the well, draft. Well, that way it's good, yeah. You know, Chicago had it a couple right. years ago. Everybody's got big dreams of Green Bay uh, hosting the draft one of these years. So I think that that helps. You know, no one, you know, in draft prospects, I'm sure they don't care because they're about to become instant millionaires. But, uh, you know, no one really looks forward to coming to Green Bay when it's 30 degrees outside. If you could push it back a couple weeks and have a chance of it being 50, 55, 60, that's not so bad. So, you know, I just, I don't like the long off season. I, you know, we're racing guys. Where NASCAR's off season is three months, yeah, and it ends. You take two breaths, and it's Daytona. You know, I right. like that. I wish football was the same way. Uh, yeah, in a way, but you know, with the twenty four seven news coverage, it almost is that way. I mean, I don't mind, you know, because you figure, okay, it's it's February now. Okay, we go into March, and I mean, especially for Packer fans too, this is going to be kind of a new thing. Where we, we, we get some extra practices, you know, OTAs. We get a couple extra OTAs and whatnot practices. And uh, you know, the, it's going to be all the local news media is going to be up there filming everything, every practice, this and that, and watching the guys come in to the Nitschke Center and the Hudson Center and all that. So oh, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, uh, it, it is. Well, if you look at the, from an NFL standpoint, yeah, it pretty much goes, okay, you got the Super Bowl, and then you have, well, then the draft starts heating up and that, and, and you have the combine. That's for the real 
geeks. They, you know, it is. It can be interesting. You know, I don't. I mind love looking. the draft. I watch. I love the draft, but the combine that's really hardcore, dude. I can't watch it. The combine gets a little bit too crazy because the bottom line, and I think teams, you, you can really f yourself up by falling in love with somebody at a combine. Yeah. Because granted. 40-yard dashes, this and that, and why they have offensive. I'm really, you know, the one thing that really surprises me, I mean, thank God these guys are only 22 years old, but these offensive linemen are pushing 300 pounds doing 40-yard dashes. One of these days, the guy's going to blow out his knee, I think. Oh, of course. You know, and why? It doesn't matter. I could see, you know, like I understand when they do the tires and the the lateral movements and all that stuff, great. Wide receivers doing the jumping. I I know they're trying to do a, a uniform thing, but... Bottom line, can they play football? Right. You know, and that's, you know, we, we how many times have we seen guys come in, you know, the Packers have drafted guys. They they look like absolute specimens, but they can't play. I mean, I remember, I don't know who I was, I was talking to somebody. It could have been Clemens or somebody. You know, you see a guy in the locker room without his shirt on. You're like, holy God, man, that guy is cut. Couldn't play worth a lick, though. And then, I mean, a perfect example is Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, you everybody giggles at that photo of him at the combine because you're like, this guy's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time, really? You know, it's like, come on. And how many how many times have we seen that in, in school? Over I mean, and over. Um, I'm having a brain fart. Who's the um, guy who was on the Patriots and then went to the nose tackle? The big guy who was on – wasn't he on the Chiefs? Um Big guy, uh, nose tackle. He ended his. Oh, he went to the Texans two years ago. Um, you know who I'm talking about. I do. I do. 320 pounds. He was 6'3. He could dunk. <laughs> yeah. Dunk at 300 pounds. He looked like a little, you know, a, a, a ball of a man, but he was a real athlete, but he didn't have the body for it, but he was an absolute athlete. I'll, Go go talk. I'm gonna look him up now. That's bugging me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, you get teams, and that's one of the reasons why the Raiders have sucked for years because, you know, they always had the reputation of falling in love with somebody because of dominating numbers at at the combine, especially speed numbers. They drafted uh, what Darius Hayward Bay in the first round when everybody had a third or fourth round grade on him. Vince Wilfork. Yeah, Wilfork. Yeah. Ah, large, large man. But, it, I mean, I saw a thing on, I think, HBO Sports or something. I mean, if, if you want to have a guy, have a good time with a guy with, with drinking beer and eating chicken wings, he's the guy. Because, you know, I'm surprised they haven't put him on TV yet. Super personality. But then they showed him playing uh, basketball with either kids and that family members. <laughs> Dude dunks the ball like yeah, that's crazy whoa well i'll definitely i'll uh i'll eat chicken wings and beers with him uh <laughs> he would be number two i still want to party with gronk one of these days oh my gosh yeah imagine how much fun that would be you know divorce would follow but well <laughs> what a way to go out huh <laughs> yeah. that would be some memories that you you might remember, you know, and you know, his posse is just like, you know, take the, you know, take the, the, the yeah, tidbits and crumbs here, yeah, <laughs> grabbing the second stringers, and uh, you know, Big Gronk is eating the first stringers, but 
Yeah, that uh, that must be nice. Not the life that we have, because we have very beautiful and loving wives. Oh, yes, we do. Well, you want to get into the controversy? we got a little bit of controversy already. It's my middle name. All right. The question that will be echoed for the first six months of uh, Coach LaFleur's reign, will Rogers listen to him? We're already starting to hear that. And they've done some interviews with Jermichael Finley and who's the other? Oh, yeah, KGB. And it makes sense, though. I mean, if you think of it, there's a quote in here. Um, he goes, he's coachable to a point, Finley said, regarding Rodgers. Once you try to overcoach him, that's when he's going to do his own thing. With McCarthy, McCarthy used to call play, and Aaron would look at him, and then it's a whole different play. We just ran the play that number 12 called. Sorry, and I think it's going to be a lot worse with a young guy and with where Aaron's at with his career. He's the icon in the NFL. I disagree. I do, too. I think that he needed all he really needed, and I don't think that age matters with Lafleur. I think Aaron just needs to be challenged. Right. And Mike McCarthy wasn't challenging him. Now, I was sitting there working on a big show today, Steve, and Gary – you know, um, I had to look up Gary Ellerson's career because his NFL takes are so fucking bad that I had to make sure he actually played for the Green Bay Packers and wasn't playing like Australian rules football. Because today, you know, we were told, oh, how KGB. Oh, yeah, I believe him. He's a God-fearing man. He doesn't have an axe to grind. Finley might have an axe to grind, but not KGB. What a great guy, blah, well, blah, doesn't blah. doesn't mean he can't be wrong, though. Hello. Right. You know, and so it's funny because with ex-players, when you sit there and I would talk to uh, to Gary or Leroy and, yeah, you know, uh, this guy's a great player, but he seems like an arrogant jerk. Well, all professional athletes are arrogant because right. they need that chip on their shoulder, you know, that says that I'm the best and I'm going to dominate everything. And that's just how it is. They're wired differently. Mm -hmm. Now, the flip side of the coin you get somebody who says that, oh, he's a little bit arrogant. Oh, well, sh shit, he's not going to listen to anybody. He sucks. You know, Aaron Rodgers, the, the rest of his career, this hire is doomed and all this kind of stuff. Well, you can't have it both ways. You know, you can't sit there and say that all athletes are, are arrogant and play with a chip on their shoulder because that's how they get 110% out of themselves and, and, and be excellent. And then on the other side say, Oh, yeah, he's arrogant, so he's a jerk, and he's not going to listen to a coach. That that drives me nuts. It does. And so, I mean, it's – I you know, I hate to say, oh, I agree, but I do. And then what's the thing with KGB? You know, he doesn't get on pro football talk by saying, no, I think LaFour is going to be a great job. I think it should be a seamless transition. <laughs> right. And when's the last time you heard KGB? Right. His brother's on. His brother's on that uh, yeah, American Ninja Warrior and show. And also, right? he does a fantasy show on either NFL Network or maybe Fox Sports. I'm not sure, but yeah, and KGB totally vanished into the into the the sidelines, man. So you know, yeah, I I think that this is more of a I want to try to become relevant again than uh, you know than it is about about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers arrogant? Probably. And if you are if you were the most talented quarterback in NFL history, you know, or if I was the most talented quarterback in NFL history, you're damn straight I'd be arrogant too. 
right. you know, I've never been that good at anything. So, did you hear who might be the the Thursday night game? I did. Week one, little Bears Packers. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I want to put. I want to play them week five, week six, the earliest. Right. Exactly. Because it puts uh, the Packers at a disadvantage. But I think that occurred. I want to say maybe with John Fox's first uh, year that they he kicked off. So, I mean, it's kind of like returning the uh, favor, I guess. But I want to say it was, well, you know, I mean. Well, this Bear- year week one was Bears-Packers, wasn't it? Because that was a game that Rodgers got hurt and then came back. and So, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, so it was Nagy's first, first yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah the, so no mercy on the Packers then, I guess. So And I want to say it was three or four years prior – it was the same, and it probably would have been the same with Fox or the other Nimrod they had from the Canada. What was his Trustman. name? Trustman. Yeah, you know, like I said, I want I don't want to face the Bears or the Vikings before week five or week six. You know, I want these guys to sit there and kind of hit their stride. Uh, I want the coaches to be able to have tape on the other teams so they can study. I think that Aaron Rodgers – is a better student and understands tape better than, let's say, Mitch Trubisky does. So I think that uh, the more, you know, a few weeks in, it definitely shifts the advantage to the Packers, where if you're coming right out of the gate, out of uh, preseason football, that will Rodgers play, will half our team play, because they haven't played in the last few years, it's still preseason. And, you know, anything's up for grabs. And they also rounded out the coaching staff, too, with uh, a bunch of people that uh, nobody knows. So, uh, And they got a special teams coach, Sean Meninga. Meninga? Meninga? Sure, I'll buy so, that. You know what? I don't care. Anybody, anybody but Zook. <laughs> ABZ. Anybody but Zook. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it could have been uh, Roger's grandma who, who got the job. Uh, she was getting kicked off Medicaid, and she needed, you know, have a little income to pay for her uh, her pills, and uh, so she can sit there and pay her cable bill to watch her stories. As long as it wasn't Ron Zook, I don't care who the hell the special teams coordinator is. I th- yeah, that's that's going to be one thing Packers are going to enjoy. You know, it's interesting with with all the the coaches now being hired. You know, on Monday, you know, the Bengals announced Zach Taylor. Who comes over from the Rams? Of course, uh, yeah. Also, the Dolphins announced uh, Flores. Flores as as their coach. And you think, oh, what a how much of a disadvantage that is for those two guys when everybody, you know, the, you know, Lafleur and all these other guys have picked their coaches. I mean, you know, it's going to be pretty. the The covers are bare when you're looking for a linebacker coach and. Oh, look at the special teams situation with the with the Packers and how long that took. So, I don't see it as a disadvantage. You look at we're talking about Cincinnati and Miami, <laughs> the fucking Bengals. Well, that is true. I mean, I'm you not, know, I'm not losing any sleep over it's it. It's not Marvin Lewis. I was just thinking about that. It's like, wow. I mean, <laughs> these guys have to start digging, <laughs> digging deep to find some coaches here. Yeah. Well, yes. You know, to fill out their staffs, they are. But again. It's the freaking Bengals. So it's not Marvin Lewis, so it's an automatic step up. Uh, You know, um, hopefully this guy, if you're a Bengal fan, can win you a playoff game uh, within the next 10 years because Marvin Lewis sure as hell couldn't do that. And if you're the dude going to Miami, 
you know, I think Miami is going to uh, miss Adam Gase a lot quicker than they think they are. They were very quick, in my opinion, to pull the trigger on him when none, when Tannehill could not stay healthy ever. And the, the one season that he actually stayed healthy most of the season, he was awesome and looked like a legit NFL starter. And then he got hurt every year, and the team sucks. It's interesting because I noticed when you were talking about Adam Gase, your eyes started to get real intense there. Oh, yeah. Well, God, that press conference was freaking weird, man. <laughs> you want to talk about the worst first impression, especially with that New, New York, York media? media yeah. Oh, that was bad. And Luke Getze uh, hired as the Packers uh, quarterback coach. Uh, that basically, well, you, I mean, LaFleur went to Rodgers and said, who do you want, right? I mean. I would have. Yeah. Who yeah. do you want? Yeah, you know. Who do you like? You want Danica? Get- it could be Danica. <laughs> you know, he's been there before. It makes sense. Uh, Jimmy Graham coming back, it looks like. Sucks. Really? You know, you know, people go, well, we need to get rid of this guy. We need to get rid of it. Don't forget, you got to replace him with somebody. So, I mean, I think at this point, you don't want to be in a situation where they were in the early 2000s when you're when you're drafting Bubba Franks and all these guys for first round talent or first round picks. What about third round talent? Right. You know, and I definitely think that they need to draft a tight end this this year. I'll take either of the guys from Iowa. Right. But, you know, Jimmy Graham makes so much damn money. And uh, the very little production we got out of him, I guess I'm okay with it just because it's going to be a new offense and it's not the same old, same old. That's what I'm thinking. And and I'm sure, you know, the powers to be had a conversation at at, uh, Applebee's up in Green Bay and said, you know, (laughs) what? All right, what are we going to do with Graham? And I'm sure the coach said, hey. You know, I think we can use him. I think it's uh, we can put him, you know, because maybe it's a situation, you know, McCarthy and that was using him like 2012 Jimmy Graham. Right. Not 2018 Jimmy Graham. Well, 2012 Jimmy Graham in a 2008 system. Right. Yeah, exactly. So maybe because of that and some change and and maybe, you know, it, it could be, you know, how many times have we heard? You know, you hear a guy come in the following season and go, well, you know, I was hurt all last year. Right. Oh, you know, okay. You know, so we don't know. Maybe, you know, there's that bum hamstring he had or who knows what's going on. So I'm yeah. like, hey, if if if, if they want him back, bring him back. And I, I always get a kick out of these people. That's what you're calling the fan that. Well, I can't, I can't believe they're going to pay. It's like, what, is it money out of your pocket? You know, they're talking about a uh, Middleton with the Bucks. Right. Yeah. You know, oh, we can't pay him the back. What? what, what? <laughs> you, you, you're not going to write out that check. I mean, you're not. You're not the one writing out the check. The NBA is 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 making money in wheelbarrows right now. Right you know, now. Is, yeah. Because so, of that TV deal right. they signed a year or two ago. But when their next TV deal comes up, I guarantee you the salary well, cap goes down. You know, you know who the first one's going to be going through this. We'll be talking about this on Saturday on the final inspection show. It's NASCAR. Yep. So, and they're going to be one of the first sports that's going to really feel the, the implications. Ugh, I can't talk today uh, of of declining TV money, and yeah. that's going to be when you know the, the sporting world about twenty twenty one is going to be talking about how well are we going to pay for this stuff. But the thing is, is that there is. 
And there has to be a direct correlation between shitty ratings and having your games hidden on Fox Sports 2, Fox Sports 1, you know, these random stations that, you know, obviously we know where they are because we search this stuff out and we love it and we watch it every day. But where the average person doesn't even go in that hundred of the stations, you know, like for me, my sports uh, channel started 1602. Right. So and, you know, the ESPNs are 1602 to 1604 or five. There's a lot of people that probably don't flip past that page. You know, I got to go down four or five pages to get to Fox Sports. So, you know, you sit there and you hide games on crappy networks. It's going to it's going to affect your ratings. Now, that said, when they were, uh, you know, on regular Fox, the ratings sucked, too. So, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, no, you know, the, the TV money is one thing. I think fans get it in their head where, you know, oh, I want to sit courtside. It's $150. Maybe if we didn't give Middleton $150 million guaranteed, it'd be $140. You know, so they think that for signing Middleton is the reason why they're paying outrageous prices on their tickets. And it's not. It's because the owners are greedy. And because they want, you know, obviously they're running a business. They want to make as much money as possible. That's why McDonald's doesn't sell their cheeseburgers for $0.25. Cent. Right. They could sell it for $0.25 cents and still make a profit. They're going to charge you a dollar because they want to make more of a profit. So, you know, it it is what it is. But, yeah, no, we're not directly writing the checks, even though I, I do get pissed at the Packers because I do write them a big check every year. And uh, that $10,000 that I give them hurts. And uh, so when they waste money on bad players, uh, Martellus Bennett, and which I was all for when they signed him. Yeah, you can. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. that was just a bad situation. But, you know... I get pissed about that too, but you know, deep down, I'm just a fan. So, so were you able to sell all your tickets that you wanted to this year? I gave away two games, so I lost. That's pretty strong, considering it was a six and nine in one season. Yeah, you know, it was a general overall shitty season, which the head coach gets fired. So it, you're, it's pretty good being in this market for that, because I tell you what. <laughs> If you're in Tennessee or, uh, let's see, uh, even New York or, oh yeah, you know. Yeah, no, you know, it wasn't bad. So I, I lost uh, I lost money on both preseason games, and then I sat there and, and had to eat two weeks. Uh, so overall, I'm probably, I was probably down 3500 4000 bucks for the year, but could have been worse. Could have been worse. It could have been. You know. So you think? Um, well, you want to talk Super Bowl real quick? Sure. What was your? I liked it. I yeah. thought it was great. I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, you know, everybody wants to say it was boring because it was three three at half. Uh, this is one touchdown got scored the whole game. People bitch about oh, oh my God, the NFL they took all the defense out of the game. And, well, then you get a defensive game. Well, oh my God, this this sucks. This is so boring. Shut up. I you mean, know, you going people in, just want a bitch. Yeah, you're going into the middle of the fourth quarter and it was a situation where anybody could have won that game. Yeah. It reminded me, you know, most Super Bowls, obviously all the Patriots Super Bowls, 
this was the first one they won by double digits. You know, all the ones that that uh, that they've won was right. by like three points or less. So, um, you know, it it was exciting, but this one had the feel of like a one nothing, two to one baseball game in the playoffs. Every pitch was important. Every play was important. You, I, I was sitting there just waiting for Sean McVay to come up with something to burn Belichick's defense, and it never happened. I was waiting for Brady to have, like, a very costly turnover. He threw a pick, but a very costly turnover that could have been, like, a pick six or a fumble that got returned. It just it didn't happen. And uh, I, was thorough, I was excited. I liked the game. I think it was Ryan Wood that had a good tweet. He said, just because Sean McVay lost the the Super Bowl doesn't mean to hire him. Matt LaFleur was a bad, you know, move. Right. Yeah. Don't 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 judge one game on whether a hire was good or bad. Well, especially when the guy wasn't even coaching in that game. Right. Exactly. If LaFleur was still there, like as offensive coordinator or something, and then you want to blame him because, you know, the team didn't score shit, fine. Right. But he wasn't calling any plays or doing anything. You know, so if, you know, they actually catch one of the Rams player, you know, Woods or somebody makes a, makes a catch they should have and they, they eventually score and they win, you know, then it's a good hire. I mean, come on. Well, that that was on Goff. That throw was late and was soft. Goff was awful. Yeah. Awful. And we were debating. I mean, he got some garbage yards of late, but – you know, I was watching it with Terry, who's been on the podcast uh, before, and a few others, and, and we're watching this game. We're thinking, you know, he's getting into David Woodley territory. Uh, Kerry Collins yeah. had a real stinker and a couple others. I mean, and even even with those um, with those garbage yards he's got, I think it's a bottom five quarterback uh, performance. Oh, absolutely. He he sucked, and there's well, no way to put lipstick watch, on that. Did you see? Was it would have been two years ago, the uh, the uh, hard knocks with him when Jeff Fisher? Oh yeah, he's he's a bit of a mimbo. Uh huh. I was very concerned. I think this guy is. He didn't even know the sun rose in the east. Yeah, but was that him or was that because well, he was he around was Jeff yeah. Fisher? Yeah, was he just effing with them kind of or what? Well, because Jeff Fisher has to be the stupidest Boy, man in football. That, you know, Jeff Fisher was so respected, and I think that those three, four weeks they followed him around just killed him. I mean, it just exposed him and well, that staff. Yeah, well, I think that Sean McVay got exposed here, and everybody wants to call him an offensive genius yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, to a point, but I mean, I mean, how many times that's happened? I mean, look at, look at uh, Shula. Shula lost his first two Super Bowls. Right. And they were, oh, this guy, he'll never win a Super Bowl. And Landry, too. Tom Landry lost. I mean, look how many times it took him to get to the Super Bowl. Couldn't beat the Packers. Couldn't beat the Vikings. I'm just saying it because so, I mean, Todd a, Gurley. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so you wonder now, you wonder like, oh, boy, you know what? Can we win this with this guy? You know, I mean, because there are times he looks very good. I mean, I, he was my backup fantasy guy in a bunch of my leagues, and he was starting, you know, that three quarters in the he was just on fire. He was putting up big numbers. He looked good. I mean, that you look at the Kansas City game on Sunday night or Monday night football, spectacular. But but then he started to, something happened. He started to tail off, 
and he's been in this funk and then you see a performance he gave and you see that confusion and, and, and you're like yeah I mean you, you could see if the guy was you want to see him in those tough situations and and okay he's he's a third you know third year you know going into his fourth year basically it's right at the end of the year all the coaching that okay you may make a mistake but it was just play after play after play and and, and that shot that he totally missed the guy uh who was it uh cooks i think it was in the end zone that ball was so late yep who was it? Was it Chung before he got hurt, or who ran no, over there? No, it was. Uh, um, it wasn't Chung. Chung, I think, was out by then. But um, yeah, ran. I mean, he ran half the half of the field. Yeah, you know, he was completely out of position. It wasn't even his guy, Samuel. And was it? I want to say it started with a T. Oh, but uh, but you know, he it wasn't even his dude. He ran from 35, 40 yeah. yards away and still got there. That was that was ridiculous, but uh, you know, so it goes. Another year, the Patriots win. And uh, are you a Patriots hater? No, because I'm a Bel- I, I'm a Belichick fan. I I I kind of am to a point. I mean, there are times it 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 ebbs and flows. Like last year, I actually kind of wanted the Eagles to win, but the year I, I prior, I did want them to win. Yeah. So oh, this, what over Atlanta? Over Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I comeback too. was epic. It was. It was. So I'm like, okay, I wanted – okay, so yes, good against the Patriots. Now nah, I like to see the Eagles win. I kind of liked how that team gelled at the end of the year with the Eagles and everything. And Foles, I think, is just a, such a great story. I mean, it, it's – I mean, we've, we've had players and quarterbacks in the past do that. You know, you had your Earl Morrows, you have your Doug Williams and that. But this was such a situ- you know situation that you know you had the 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 given ki- you know the the son the the golden mm-hmm. child and and you get get hurt and then you got foals and and then he almost did it again this year I know you know it's like well, you know, it'll be an interesting off season for the Eagles but no so uh, yeah I'm not a Patriot hater it, it's funny I have a lot of friends in indianapolis and you know with the cheating thing in that i mean they hate the patriots in indianapolis it is just it's so funny to watch them and just you know, following some of your you know your buddies that down there and facebook and their friends and that and the stuff they, they just hate the patriots well that but that's why fans are stupid right. because you know the <laughs> the balls got deflated in the first half and I want to say Indianapolis was winning or it was a tie game yeah. at the half. The balls were inflated to the proper uh, poundage for the second half, and the Patriots came out and whooped their ass. Yeah. So you want to bitch about cheating. It was fair when you got your asses handed to you. So cry me a river. Well, thank you for listening to another Green and Gold Then and Now podcast. And uh, obviously, we're not going to be doing this every week in the offseason. So nah, probably we'll draft be, time again. We'll be back draft time, and we'll talk about either before or just after the draft. We'll see. I mean, you know, I mean, we're getting paid big bucks for this. And oh, God. The sponsors are lining up, so we're kind of at their will, you know, and we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll make sure you follow the, the Green and Go Then and Now 
uh, Facebook page. And also, if, if you're a racing fan, don't forget to follow us on, on the Final Inspection Show, TFI, the Final Inspection Show on Facebook, and, of course, 105.7 FM, the fan. And we're also on Twitter, right? We sure are, at 105.7 FM, the fan. Uh, you know, I'm at Jeff underscore Orlowski. How do you you're- spell Orlowski? <laughs> no W. Orlovsky. Are you related to Dan Orlovsky? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, distant cousin. Uh, nope, no V in my name. O-R-L-O-S-K-I. Yes, we're still looking for that W somewhere. And it's Steve Zotke, all ones Steve, and then Z-A-U-T-K-E on Twitter. And uh, we appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you next time.